Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Paul O'Callaghan. Hello, Paul. Nice to have you back on the podcast. When we left you last, you were just about to head off to one of the best events of the year, the Retro Truck Show, uh, which is taking place at Gaydon, uh, one of your favourite events, and when you went to... Um, last year with the, the trucking uh, trailer and everything. How did it go for you this time out? Brilliant. I was wondering this year if it was going to live up to last year because last year there had been so few shows on after COVID and all that nonsense. And uh, I'm glad to say that it was as enjoyable, if not even more enjoyable this year, if that was possible. And probably made, you know, the weather helped, but it's the fact that it's on, you're not part on grass, you're part on Parmacadam out there, everyone's on hard standing, so even if it did rain, it wasn't the end of the world. Like We got some nice, that's actually got some quite nice sunshine, so we went out, uh, I went out with uh, three other guys, well, there was myself and a friend of mine who's got a version one, Dog Trotter Restored, we met up, uh, we met up in the port on Friday, when did we go, Friday morning, out of, out of Hollyhead, but actually we had torrential rain the night before here, so uh, oh. we kind of splashed our way to, up to Dublin, and uh, I, I took a trailer out as far as as Holly had there, just to keep the keep the cost down a little bit, and then on the ferry we met grouped up with two of the guys. So in total we had there was four trucks in the convoy. So there was two version one Volvos, 1984 Scania 112, and uh, 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was nice, and a 13 Reg uh, Magnum, which is I was kind of giving a bit of a slag and saying that it's probably a bit too new for the retro. But I actually mm. changed my, changed my tune later in the. the, the Later in the evening, when we actually got down to the show, and none of us had our fridges in our trucks apart from the thirteen Reg Magnum, <laughs> so I said, uh, "Take back everything I said earlier, Peter." And uh, it's great to have that Magnum parked right beside me. And by the way, can I put a few more cans in your fridge? So uh, that was that was it. Look at it, it's there is a kind of like a supposed to be a, a cut off of uh, 20, 20 years would be a pretty nice kind of a date to set for trucks. You know, like I think a classic is often. To, 20 years ago and older, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, there there is a little bit of new stuff there. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes it's to do with maybe people who are sponsoring the show have have newer trucks and, and that's fair enough as well. It's kind of hard to keep it all for, for older stuff. But no, it was, a, it was an absolutely brilliant weekend. And, you know, we all kind of said that if uh, if there was one show we could go to during the year, that, that would be the one, you know, and that's, that's not, you know, running down or saying anything else about any other show. It's just the fact that there's no prizes there. Um, so straight away, everyone is kind of more relaxed. Like there's no, you go to some shows and guys seem to spend all weekend polishing their trucks and, you know, full credit to them. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but you kind of don't have to spend all weekend. You can actually just, you know, get it up to a fairly good standard or standard that you're happy with and then just go and start enjoying it and talking to people and walking around. So, um, we got down. We got we got down there on Friday, just before kind of dark on Friday. We, we actually had, took a nice route down. We came down on the from Hollyhead down down the A5, which wouldn't really be a traditional truck route now. It's a bit narrow in places, and you're going to pass uh, Snowdonia, some tight enough bends on it. Like the only trucks that you will see on that road are trucks that have to be there. Like there's no transit trucks on it. It's lads who are mm. up there delivering. But uh, oh, we, the weather was really nice and. Um, just when we were on the on the bounce with no trailers, a lovely drive down. We stopped at the the Holly, Holly's Cafe. It's an old well transport cafe there on the A five outside Cannock, ran by Road King now. So we mm-hmm. had, yeah, we stopped there for dinner, had a nice meal there, and then went down and we had a line up. Then it was we met four or five other. It was five other trucks 
which had came off the Pembroke ferry. So they met us there around the same time. We had a line that was maybe, I don't know, nine or ten Irish trucks in line there. And yeah, I got down to some some drinking and truck talk then for the evening, Dougie. So that was it. Met, so went to the bar, met actually uh, Chris Madison was in the same, coincidentally, was in the same lineup as where we were parked. Hey. Yeah, and uh, Matt Ireland met him down at the bar as well. So that was it, really. Oh, it was stuff. just, yeah, it was a magic weekend. Uh, just, yeah, so much, so much. What, what truck did you take? So you I, took your version one, the fight one? Yeah, I took the, the version one, the F816. Just because last year I told you I took the trailer and, and brought the, probably the Mercedes, mm. the Eurocab is, is a rare truck. Like just, you know, version one Volvos now, I, I'd say, are probably one of the, the most popular trucks on the kind of classic or, or vintage show scene. Um Especially in England, there's, there's quite a lot. I was actually going to count up how many yeah. version ones were there. So it really, it's not, it's uh, you know, there's plenty to see. Whereas the Eurocab is the like there wasn't one of the Eurocab there. I'd say there was probably two man roadhouses. The thing I did notice this year now there was I counted nine Magnums. So it's kind of like people have maybe got onto the fact that the Magnums are becoming collectible and they will be rare at some point in the future. But um, in our lineup, we had uh, I made sure we had. So we had a flat roof version one, we had a globe trotter, and then we had the XL. So a nice little lineup going on there. But uh, it was nice just to go without the trailer dougie and just go on, go on the bounce, just go with the track unit, and you can go down down those little narrow roads and a little bit less, a little bit less hassle as well, a bit less stress. So I was I was happy enough with that. Nice big cab to sleep in as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think with the version ones, I mean they're well built trucks, and they're just at that they're just at that point where you get all the pretty much all the comfort. And now the technology that makes things, you know, uh, nice and easy to live with, but also you're missing out on the, the the complexity of the emissions equipment and things that came after that. So it does make for a uh, a really good exactly um, retro purchase, yeah. and it, it looks like they're probably relatively high survival rates because of that. Just at that right age, of people have caught down to them, and of course with the Magnum as well. It wasn't that long ago. Magnums, you could pick up Magnums really cheap um, because obviously they finished in Euro 5. And as a used buy, you could pick them up for not that much money at all, really. And for what you get for something to have for yourself, you know, you've got that completely unique cab. And and the later ones as well, of course, have got the iShift gearbox in them as well. So they're, they're great things to drive. So it's no surprise there that, um, you know, you, you're starting to see quite, see quite a, lot of, a lot of them. I would imagine that some of them have been uh, dragged back from uh, a fate of being being exported uh, latterly. And good, good, it's nice to have the variety. And I would say as well, in terms of like how old a truck is, to be in retro, you, so many trucks just live such hard, short lives and then disappear. You've only uh, either to be scrapped or exported. If you look at like the Mercedes Axor, where there were thousands and thousands of them in the road, and of course, they're mostly all like exported now. If you were to take one of those to a show and everything, you would probably get quite a good reaction towards it because there's so few of them. Same goes for like the Renault Premium as well. They're just, uh, they're just they fade so fast. So if you've got something like that sat in the corner of the yard on sort of shunt duties and all that, and it's still kind of up together in one piece, you know, it's maybe maybe worthwhile just thinking, you know, let's just um, uh, spend a bit of time, a little bit of time, and maintain this and keep it. Because it will be uh, of quite a lot of interest in, in years to come. Yeah, definitely. Um, the one thing I will say about the version ones is that they're still actually a little bit too modern looking. You know that cab shape, which started off in '94, 
ran right up until mm-hmm. 2013. So there's still plenty of version threes and version twos out working. So when you see a, a version one coming down the road, like nobody really passes that much uh, remark yeah. on it, apart from if you're someone who actually does know about trucks. Whereas if you see something old, you know, an older truck coming down the road, it, it will stand out uh, like a, what I'm talking about, an older design. But the thing about that I like about Gaiden is that you'll just see such oddities there and rare stuff. And just mm-hmm. when you were talking about the Magnum, um, I was talking to, uh, I'm not sure if you are if you know the trucks uh, belonging to Richard Fern and his father. Yes. Yes. I think we might have mm-hmm. spoken about him before, but anyway, I hadn't spoke to him and I saw um, Richard and his dad and I said, I'll, uh, I'll have a bit of a yarn to him here. And uh, it's quite coincidental because he... Stephen Fern bought a, his Renault Magnum, which is a white 13 reg one, on the same weekend and off the same vendor as I bought my the grey 2007 one. So we had a little bit in common mm-hmm. and uh, we're having a chat and then I asked him what else he brought and he said, uh, oh, well, I have it over there parked beside my man V8. So I was thinking, man V8? Parked beside your man V8? Sorry, no, but parked beside his, his man V8, he brought a Magnum uh, and, and a man V8. So, oh, well, uh, I, yes, I was, uh, is that a, that a TGX there or was it one of the older ones? You're spot on, yeah, because I, I, I had to kind of think for a second because I thought, well, hang on, the, the F2000s were, were, you know, that was a V10 in them. And then I thought, it must be, I said, is that a TGX? And he said, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. 2012. And it's like, right, we're going to look at that truck immediately. Mm. So, we walked over, and this is the kind of stuff that I love. It's like, where, where, like, I don't even, I know you can get them, but I don't even think I've seen. So basically, it's, you know, pretty plain looking, a white TGX. I'm thinking, might the, the actual, you probably, you probably know the badge number on it better. I should have a picture of it mm. somewhere, like TGX. What is it, like 16? Six, so basically, it's a 680 anyway. Four by two. Yeah, but tw- about 18.680, I think the badge would be could, on it. That I, could yeah, be right. The only other one I know of is um, Lowfield Transport um, have got one. Blue um, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blue one. There's a few little differences with those ones. I mean, they're left-hand drive only, but interestingly with those ones, you don't get the enormous steering wheel. Correct. Uh, the low field truck's got like a normal sized uh, version of the MEN steering wheel, which is a, a quite a, quite a rare thing, I believe. You don't see many of them. You're dead right. We walked over and had to have a look and climb inside and uh, started up. It had this cool uh, V8 logo in the in this in the leather seats. So um, yeah, I had to start up and it was with a friend of mine, big big Scania fan, and and even he was very impressed with it. And uh, it's a little little bit some subdued on tick over the sound wise but when you give it a, a blast of the throttle you definitely knew there was um there was a v8 underneath so uh i said to i said to the lad, i said how many of the younger you know the the, the tang generation who who uh brag about you know I'm, I'm a v8 man i wonder how many of them actually know that they're inadvertently saying that they're man fans and that they're a fan of <laughs> man trucks you know <laughs> i'm a v8 man so that was yeah, just stuff like that. I love seeing that kind of rare stuff and um, trucks that you you kind of won't really see anywhere else. What else? Then you'd see the likes of, you know, Ford Cargo. I'm not sure who had that. A really nice cargo. You know, one of those. And there was a premium. Very, very few in the times of... Um, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Bennett's, who are on the latest cover yes. of the latest magazine. They had, they had both mm-hmm. of those uh, Renault T-Highs there. Um, they actually had a Magnum as well, which is... an Funny enough, that's an, another ex-Irish truck. It used to belong to, just plain white, used to belong to Lee Trans, but uh, they also had their um, 6x2 Man Roadhouse and that V8 
Renault. Yes. Turbo liner, am I right in saying that? Yeah, it's like the old Berlier cab. One. The old Berlier that cab, yeah. Years. Yeah, that was, it was there a few years ago when it had like literally been dragged out of barn. Um, and it was before it had been restored. They had it, they had it at the show there, and it was attracting a lot of interest. A lot of interest then, and of course now, as time's going on, it's, yeah. uh, it's been through, been through the process. Yeah, that's a that that's ultra rare. That truck. I remember I chatting to them about it at the time, and they were they were, they were actually surprisingly able to source quite a lot of parts for it uh, via the sort of you know parts network in France. I think yeah. I believe it was quite interesting to. Interesting to see because I did I did enjoy doing that um, magazine a couple of years ago and now where we did the V8 special where we had all sorts of different V8 trucks where we had the MAN we had the uh, Magnum the Bedford TM and the, the, the Renault and everything uh, and everything because there were just so many variations of V8 but the only one being left now uh, of course is um, Scania who stand alone with with a V8 for sort of a for marketing sort of reasons as much as anything else these days, they, they've they've gone alone with it while everybody else has gone to six cylinders. The V8s are I'm moving away from trucks slightly. I mean, the V8, V8 cars are kind of f- fading out a bit in America. There's a lot of kicking off at the moment, uh, but a lot of anguish among American car enthusiasts. You know, like the Dodge Charger and the Dodge Challenger. Yeah. Like the, the American muscle cars. Like the, the Challenger looks just like it's like a modern reimagining of the 1971. Well, this is the last year coming up for the V8 engines in those cars, uh, the famous Hemi V8. So they're doing like a limited run of them, and then Stellantis, who own them, are going to be moving towards a big push for electric to move to electric, which obviously all these people that buy V8s and everything from Kentucky and Georgia and all that, they're really not into that concept like at all. There is a new three-litre straight-six turbo engine coming into those cars called the Hurricane, but it's just not the same thing at all. So In the the car world, that's a big big thing that those V8s are on their way out there, and I wonder if it's just kind of... Ford have brought out another one for the Mustang, Going off subject about for because I've been looking, I've been doing a rabbit hole on YouTube and things, looking these things up. But Ford will come up with another one, but I don't know how many more, many more years uh, we'll have of the uh, V8 engines because you just, no matter whether it's a petrol or a diesel, whether it's a large capacity or a small capacity, you don't get any noise like what comes out of V8. It's as simple as that. That's unfortunately the way the way things are going. you've been up to in the past couple of weeks and things because you've been away you did the harvest um, you were just finishing up the harvest I think the last time in that um, lovely MP2 Actros uh, MP1 yeah that's right MP1 Actros yeah you were away in that and then you were going you had a uh, back for another continental trip yeah I only got back there last night actually I went out uh, a week ago a lot of cattle again which is what I was doing the last time I was out back in April so uh, was just out to same similar run as um, as I have. I think that might be in the latest diary in the magazine, which is which is out yes. just out at the moment. But yeah, very kind of nearly like a carbon copy of that trip. Um, just loaded down in the south of Ireland here, down in County Cork, and uh, went out on the ferry there, direct ferry. You know, Rosslare, France, um, down Learage, down near Pottiers, Neart, and then down through the Somport Tunnel, which is you know through the Pyrenees. From France into Spain, unloaded in in Lerida, 
and then went down to Castellon, just above Valencia there, to wash and reload, and then back up for the long ferry then from Bilbao across to Rosslair. So I just got off that last night about 10 o'clock or so. Brilliant. And, but did, uh, you, did you reload? Did you say? Did yeah, you, yeah. Well, you always... you know, with cat, you go out with cat, you go out with cattle, and then what do you bring back? Generally, you'd be bringing uh, either tiles or or ceramics or sometimes groupage. You know, you can put pretty much anything, mm-hmm. anything into those trailers now. So it's just whatever's whatever loads are are available mm-hmm. at, at the time. But uh, certainly for such a long, such a long trip, it it pays mm-hmm. to 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 bring back a, a load, and um, you can close oh, up I... the sides and you know keep keep water out of that so uh no it's uh it it all it all works like clockwork you know everyone you know the guys where you load are well used to loading those trailers and um you know you have a remote control for letting decks up and down that kind of thing so um mm. that's yeah it's it, it, it's quite important to be you know you have a big back door and able to open them so uh you know it was it was kind of a little bit more comfortable the only problem i had was um so the batteries in the truck probably on the way out because I had to get a had to get a jump start mm. down in in Castle and have my, my own jump leads. But actually, really, you nearly need to bring to bring two sets of jump leads because you know how many times do you need a jump start and then you find out that they're not long enough or there's a truck parked beside you or something <laughs> something in the way. So this was a this was a 2015 R580 and it had the batteries uh, on the left hand side, whereas you know some of them have the batteries on the back. Maybe this, I'm not sure. Maybe the six by twos have them on the back. Is that it? And mm-hmm. uh, the mid lifts and the four by twos have them on the side. I don't know. Anyway, that's where they were. So when when I parked, so the ferry like it was parked in the ferry for thirty two hours and went down last night and not a kick out with like not even you know the lights uh-huh. came on. But, nah, I didn't. So the you know naturally the ferry companies are always they're, they're well used to that happen. So the guy yeah. just bought out one of those power packs and threw it on and oh they're fantastic. Yeah. Great job. Yeah, great job. So that was uh, that was yeah, it was nice nice to get back out. Uh, lucky enough, I had a single cabin on the ferry on the way out, Dougie. Same on the way well, home. Hey. Yeah, nice job now, especially when you're on for such a long crossing. So the car passenger numbers are tailing off a little bit now, and a little bit less pressure on on cabin spaces. So it's nice to see that they're they're opening, they're giving us a bit more space again. And uh, that was it. I didn't didn't really have uh, you know it was everything everything went pretty well. Nice to get back out. You know temperatures are. Getting a bit lower oh, out there as well. September's been lovely. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Like some of it, it's just, it's beautiful day here today. Today, like yeah, can end the can uh, end end the summer on a high note with some, with some decent decent weather. That's right. The only thing so, I, I did I did notice all right was um you know on the way back up I was coming back up through the you know from Lagrone up through the Basque region there the, the other night and yeah I pulled in to put on a pair of pair of jeans and you know take off the shorts and put on a fleece and even when I got off the ferry last night it was the first time of all year that you'd notice a little bit of a bite in the in the wind so remind you that the wind was on the way but no I, when I was when I was parked up because I had to you know take my time off during the day after I unloaded and uh, there was a new pod fitted to the truck a new Dometic pod but uh, it only it only ran for an hour or two and then you know, it'll detect when the battery's getting low, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that, I'm not sure if that was to do with the fact that the batteries might have been weak already. Because I know on the older ones on the Viesa, you have the option that you can just leave it for fan only. So it, you know it's not running the compressor and it's not it's not trying to cool mm-hmm. the cab. It's, and that sometimes yeah. is enough just to have that bit of a fan on you. But it, it didn't have that option, yeah. so it's kind of steep for an hour and then sort of wake up and you're kind of awake then. But uh, maybe that was the fault of the, yeah. the weak, weak weak batteries. I'm not sure. I think so. If you if you've got like a system like that on the truck, you need your batteries to be in a, 
total like 100% good order or extra equipment like aircon and things is going to will kill them or knock them out. Um, it's pretty amazing like how good uh, like modern truck batteries are really considering what you can do with them when they are like sort of running and uh, running in good order and there's more stress on them all the electrics and everything they've got to run than ever before yeah that's right and i know yeah. on the some yeah. you, you can specify these extra leisure batteries on a lot of new trucks now as well given that guys are parked up for quite a long time yeah. well, uh, another thing i was watching on youtube last night it was another electric vehicle thing there's a guy he's just bought one of these big ford pickups and it's electric and uh, he was trying to tow like a car on a trailer with it uh, and his range it just quartered his range straight away like he, he was he was hoping to do two round trips which totaled like 130 miles and he got one done and that was the thing then he would have to charge it which would take 45 minutes a time and everything like that i was like oh uh, interesting. I mean, that's like a light commer- that's like a light commercial vehicle, you would say. So, the thing with the trucks and the electric things is they've actually still run gearboxes. So, if you go and get an electric Volvo now, it's still got an I shift transmission in it. It won't use a lot of the gears, but it does still need them because the thing with electrics was, oh, it just the motor just goes and it will run. I say, yeah, is there anybody you have you seen many electrics or anything like that around Ireland? Has anybody got electric trucks in the go, like little distribution ones or anything? I'm going to say no, but I don't really be looking out for them either. So I kind of yeah, kind of doubt it, and um, it just doesn't really interest if, me to be honest. Yeah. If you see the top of the new magazine, well, you say, well I've not got my copy yet. It's Saturday we're recording this, of course. Just the usual, uh, <laughs> the um. I've put it at the strap along the top. Diesel ain't dying. Good. Um, like phenomenal, phenomenal fuel economy figures from the, the oh. Scania. Um, super. Uh, Sorry. Is it Bob, was it driving the 560? Can, can I make an inter- Can I make a, this is a, you've just reminded me because uh, I was, I was actually, yes. I was actually waiting for this on the last podcast. I may, mm. may I may have made a, an erroneous uh, claim in terms of uh, mm. MPG. So, uh, like mm. I was very quick to get a get a couple of messages after the last one, so I had said that mm. the Super Sixes on the continent were doing uh, twenty miles to the gallon, which is what myself and another guy had heard someone else saying. But I was corrected after, and he said no, they're doing twenty liters. Is it 20, 20 liters per hundred kilometers? So this is the you know miles per gallon, obviously on the continent. It's not mm. the, it's mm. not the it's not the accepted standard. It's not no, on ice. They're not they're not doing twenty miles. They're doing twenty. So, which I think translates, someone can work it out. I, I didn't even know he said. Uh, it's still it's still 15, between 13 and 15 miles to the gallon. So, still quite impressive. But uh, I just want to, for the record, say that I was uh, it was a bit of a miscommunication there in terms of uh, yeah, me- measurements that's used. A, that's 11.76. But even at that, the figures that we are seeing with these trucks are well up into the teens right, with these fuel figures. Uh, and it's not... Out of the, it's not out the question for something to do that. I mean, I could, uh, across the board, the, the new generation of Euro 60 diesel engines is really exciting. From like Volvo's turbo compounds, the latest revisions MAN have done to their engine. DAF's uh, up, DAF numerous updates to the MX13 and MX11, and we should mention as well uh, the big truck launch this week. Of course, was the DAF XD. Did you happen to see that? Uh, I did not, but I uh, am I right in saying that this is going to be fit in below the XF, so it's more of a, a, a smaller cab. And it is. It's 
It's the CF replacement, okay. um, which comes in. It's MX11 only, so you don't get the 13-litre engine, but that's due to the low cab height and the low step in the middle. But in response to that as well, uh, what you have to remember is that the XF uh, sits below the XG. So in response to that, the I believe that the XF is going to be coming with a day cab and a flat roof as well. So you'll have that kind of sitting uh, sort of around your sort of Scania sort of G cab sort of R cab sort of um, sizes. Daf, what they've done is quite quite clever. Clever with that. We're just making the the XD uh, eleven liter only to really get that to get the, to get the cab set up the way that they want it. In terms of the inside of it, it's pretty much more of the same. Uh, the dash, the electric set, the electronics like the dash set up in the screens. Uh, are all the all the same? It's got um, a nice big tray in the sort of middle of the dash. Couple of cup holders, all simple uh, layout and everything, everything like that. And if you look at the picture of in the press photos, you've got the the window and the passenger door. And this is the best one I've seen yet because it's like the whole lower part of the door is all glass. I'm looking it's at really it. excellent, excellent vision there. So it's what uh, it scooped the European truck of the. The, the the year award, and it looks re- it looks uh, uh, really 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 good. It's got the big deep windscreen with the curves on it uh, that goes right down the sort of corner. So the visibility is phenomenal. Uh, no manual gearboxes on our ones. That's gone. And there's various pictures of it with the um, what do you call it? The the cameras on it. Actually, like that. Nah, not bothered about not bothered about that. But the engine hump in the middle looks um looks pretty reasonable. It's a bit sort of level with the um. Your seat cushion there, so that's going to be obviously a, a huge seller. Te- obviously, you know Tesco and the Royal Mail and everything that's going to buy these by the by the th- by the sort of thousands. Okay, I'm just I'm actually looking at the press launch here just now because I I hadn't I wasn't aware. It just says high payloads and sturdy design. The new generation XTC with a 10.8 liter Packard MX11 engine and XFC with 10.8 liter Packard MX11 and 12.9 liter Packard MX13. So the XFC mm. is different, obviously, to the XD. Is that I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research on those? But yeah, they're, they're smart looking trucks, all right. The XF is now sort of an in between model, right? Um, okay, I have it's going to be, yeah. yeah. But obviously, with the XF, you can spec everything on an XF that you can get on an XG, pretty much. So you can have like the 13, the 13 liter engine, uh, 530 horsepower. I've got to imagine at some point that. Um, Daff are going to tweak the power on that a bit more. When Bob was contemplating if perhaps we're maybe going to do turbo compounding on it, but that's just purely speculation on it, on our part because the engine can, the MX13 can do can do uh, more more than 530 horsepower, and that's the thing that always comes back. Uh, for anybody when they're talking about Daffs and all that, is it, they would like you know just just a little bit more a little bit more power. Uh, and obviously, well, they, they did respond to that because the, the, the new ones are noticeably more lively uh, than the previous generation XF. It's probably the only criticism that could be launched at them really at the moment, seeing as they've per- seemed to have perfected the cab and plenty of internal space. And it's really all people can say is, um, oh, it's a pity that they don't have a higher powered offering. So Bob could have a point there. Maybe turbo compounding, compounding might be the way to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, XFC... Is construction. That's what that is. Uh, you got an XD, an, a, an XDC, and an XFC. 
Oh, ah, I see. That's what I was reading, yeah. Oh, good. That's got so much potential for like cover lines and things involving XTC. <laughs> XTC. Yeah, nice, nice. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the latest issue of the magazine. It was, I just got a message today off uh, a friend who was on the A55. They were heading back for Hollyhead. I couldn't believe it. he sent me a picture. Because I hadn't been looking last night, even on the truck and driver website and on the, uh, you know, even on Magster and some of these online magazines, sometimes they can have the first. Uh, that's where I see the front cover first. But no, there was nothing last night, and he um, he sent me a picture of, mm-hmm. of an, ar- an article in it there this morning. So well, well, maybe next next well, week but, we'll have it in Ireland. Well, there's been various things going on in the back. This the the, uh, the subscriptions department is now a new company. Subscriptions are dealt with by an external operation for truck and driver, and it's now changed over to in new people who are running it, which um, I think will be a good thing. They're just in the process of transferring all the all the stuff over. They've been doing that in the sort of last week or so. So hopefully that will lead to uh, a more efficient service because too often the magazine ends up coming bloody uh, late when it when, when it should not. But uh, it's exciting news in general because we've got our 132 page special issue out this week uh, which has just come out which is a Scania special it doesn't only have Scania's in it we've got a beautiful beautiful feature on a DAF um, XG plus we've got your your man uh, Henry with his um, Volvo FMX 10 before mixer uh, a real strong variety of stuff it took it took a lot of work across many months to get all these photo shoots and everything put together to get so many top-notch um, trucks in the magazine. And there's a, a whole load of stuff done by done by you in there as well. We've got um, the 10 before mixer, of course. We've got the the editor's choice is BM Transport 770S, which is a, an absolute cracking bit of kit. And we've also got your 142, your man, uh, Colm. Oh, Colm Sherlock, uh, yeah. Yes, we've got that in there, and we've got Full of the Pipe as well. There's another one of yours, and, of course, your adventure to um, Spain with the cattle as well. So it's, uh, the magazine cost about cost slightly more. We put the price up by 40 pence to accommodate the extra 32 pages, which is a, a, it's a good deal if you work out, if you work that out with a calculator. Um, so much, uh, it's just we've just packed it front to back with really, really good feature content. We've got a, a beautiful couple of 540s there, one with a crane on it, a couple of 660, 8x4 tippers. Uh, Bob Beach has been out driving the 590 V8 and the 560 Super 6 cylinder. Uh, been to JBS Transport. I went to uh, Lady Bank, we went to see them. Uh, they've got an interesting uh, truck, one which uh, you'll be interested in. They've got an R. 560 Scania, which has been to see some chaps down in the south of England who fitted a Greek spec turbo on it, which there's not too many of them knocking about. The only other one I'd known of was your, your man that you went to see uh, a couple of years back now who had a 560 with this great big turbo on it the size of a dustbin. Adam Murray, yeah. Well, yeah. Ex- externally, the turbo looks like it's the same size, but I think it's the work is internally. Oh, but no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just speak, speaking of which, um, I was when I was down... I was down in County Cork there a few weeks ago and doing a bit of a tour around and I called into a company called Trunwood Transport. They've got some nice old Volvos, everything from an F88 up to a flat top F10. That's the next English truck. And uh, mm. the, the um, 
young fella there working in the yard, one of the one of the family there, young Chris Trunwood, he's his truck is uh version two FH twelve four sixty from two thousand and three that they have from new. So he's done a lot of work mm. to that himself. Real smart looking truck, plenty of extras on it, but uh big straight exhaust and lots of black smoke. And I was asked him how he got the black smoke. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, he had gone to um Kyo Commercials in Kenny, who are the Guida Sackis powered dealers for Ireland, agents for Ireland, you know, they're a Greek, Greek company and had gotten this this smoke box, which is on a switch and you can have it on and off. So yeah. I just thought it was kind of well, nice to see a little bit of that coming into a world where, you know, we're having all this um, you know, electric vehicles and EV uh, and all this stuff kind of just be browbeaten with that day in, day out. So, you know, it's just nice to see a little bit of that. Well, so in, in, in terms of modern scanners, these Euro 5 R560s and R620s with the manual gearboxes in them, those are going to become highly prized. I mean, people are all, you can see people are already holding on to these. They're kind of keeping them back. I mean, you know how popular the 143 is. It's like an icon that stands on its own. So many, there's so many of them uh, in preservation. And I think you're going to see it the same way with those ones because with the Euro 5 engines, things, you still get, the, you're still getting pretty much the full, the full cream certain things like engine noise and everything like that. Uh, and I would, I would imagine that um, they're, going, they're going to be um, well prized and sought after uh, in, in years to come as the time goes on, because they're just getting built. The last of them are, what, 13 plates? So, I mean, there'll be plenty, there'll be loads of them still out working away, pulling fridges, R560s, 620s, watch, watch their space. They, they're not cheap anyway at the moment. No Scania V8s ever are, but I reckon the price of them will go up. Well, I'm going to, I'm going out tomorrow. I'm going down to Cumbria to see the uh, chaps from the Cumbria Charity Truck Fair. They're doing a check presentation uh, because I believe they raised it's well over forty thousand uh, pounds. They raised for charity, which is a phenomenal effort. We have got. In the next magazine coming up, we've got a report, couple of reports actually from the the Cumbria Charity Truck Fair. So fair play to those guys there. That's a uh, brilliant effort. Um, it's gonna. There's not. I think that's pretty much the curtain has been drawn on, on the season now. The only thing left really is. Yeah, well, we usually got the the uh, fireworks at Brands Hatch for the um, the truck racing there. That's that's usually a a decent um, a decent day out. Um, right at the end of the year, so I've got that to that to look forward to. And now that I've got that huge issue out the road as well, I can go and see if anybody perhaps wants my driving services in the run up to Christmas as well. Get some, uh, make sure I've got some extra income coming in with the buddy. The, the, the way that the price of thing, everything's going up um, with uh, heating and all that. So I'll need to get and uh, you know make myself useful again if anybody wants me for anything, you know. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, you're it's uh, driver's always in demand, so I think it'll be it's good for the headspace yeah, as well to get, get out and do a bit of driving. I'll be uh, absolutely, I'll be don't know what my next next mission will be a bit of writing to do, Dougie, and then uh, probably a bit of driving, mix it all up, and keep it interesting. And just before I go, kind of it seems to be a regular thing now that I have to end up giving a shout out to someone. I don't even like that term shout out, but give a mention to someone anyway. So, of course, know, of course, yeah, yeah, I will sure look. It's Easy going podcast. I don't for, mind. For the people, and it's <laughs> and it's the. Oh, well, that's actually quite surprising how many people uh, listen to it because I had 
quite a few people come up to me at the at the show in Gaiden and you know maybe read the diaries at the back of the magazine or listen to the podcast or mm-hmm. either or but um so Fiona and Kyo who appeared in a couple of issues ago you know you had the blue FH16 600 and there was a kind of a double header with another FH16 from Ireland version 2 so uh, his mm-hmm. gir- his girlfriend didn't get a mention that day and she also didn't get a mention in the latest issue which has Colin Sherlock scan you 142 and 143 in it and Chloe drives a rigid for for Colm, so he said, uh, "All will be forgiven if Chloe gets a shout out in the latest podcast." Seeing as which you didn't get a mention in either of the two articles, so. not a problem. So how are you, Chloe? That's a shout out for <laughs> Chloe. Hi, from the trucking no, final team. Anyway. That's it. That's all. That's all I have. I don't think I've. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, forgotten oh, anyone else. Fantastic. Oh, that's good. I'm just. Um, I was just looking at just to finish off there as well. I got something sent through this week. There's a new computer game come out called Construction Simulator 2022, and it's got quite a lot of trucks in it. It's got uh, Scania's, DAFs, and MANs, and some Kenworths and stuff as well. Uh, and you can go and drive about and be like a tipper driver and go and move excavators about and things like that. Um, or oh, Mercedes as well. It's got various things. Various things in it. So that's it's 29.99 on Steam. That looks like a really amazing game for the kids. That. Um, because you can you you can run like big 360 excavators and backhoes and all sorts of d- different things and everything. I'm like, that looks pretty cool. That if you get a couple of joysticks, you can actually like run it like bulldozers and run use like the boom like the the excavator arm and everything like that. I'm like, oh my god, I would have loved something like that when I was 10 years old. Nice, that was incredible. But yeah, that looks that, that, that looks pretty cool. cool. Yeah, construction simulator 2022. Check that out. Speaking of... Any, any other business? <laughs> uh, no, well, just now that you said simulators, I've never... I don't have any of the games and it would be a very, very dodgy uh, path for me to go down and start getting into that kind of thing because I've spent enough time as it is obsessed no, the, it's, it's not having the time, that's the thing. Yeah, if, but if I... like... Uh, I was... I was, <laughs> I was... I was looking at... I don't know, God knows what... I was looking at lately, but um, I was looking at pictures of Volvo F-16s or something and somehow it brought me on to... Uh, I had a look at, you know, it was a computer generated. It was from Euro Truck Simulator. And I've never watched the, one of those videos before. Mm. And um, I just had a scan down through. And it's actually fairly good now. It's fairly, I could, yeah, I could definitely see how I could get engrossed in that. Like it was, you know, someone had loaded an F-16 with a tanker load of something in Seville. Oh, right. He's heading up to the north of Spain. And I was, I was actually, I don't know, I was getting way too into it. It's like, no, I have to stop this because this is, this is going to be like four o'clock in the morning still looking at it. I've I've got the steering wheel set up there with the Scania gear stick uh, and the clutch and pedals and all that. So I I played it because Renault sent me the entire game uh, free when they launched the Range T uh, last year. I think it was last year. Uh, And I, I I got quite into that, having a play with it. But it is literally... The problem that I had, I had with it was it wasn't there wasn't enough of a sort of sort of career uh, mode in it. There wasn't enough of a kind of world. It was literally it's just driving a lorry back and forth. So there wasn't there wasn't quite enough sort of of a world for me to immerse myself in. But I mean, is is to get kids interested in trucks and things, stuff? Well, it's a fantastic way to do to do so. And it, I mean, I just would you would never have got me off this bloody thing if I had that when I was young. It's just incredible because you can set the. Obviously, I've got the Scania gear lever there, so I'm doing it like three over three with the splits on it. It is literally like driving a proper like manual lorry. Obviously, it's got a tiny steering wheel thing. I, I had a fair, fair amount of fun with it. I dare say I could get construction simulator to work 
in a kind of similar way. But then I, if I wanted to, oh, I would really like to have a go at working the JCB. But when I was watching it, it didn't look like when it was digging into the muck and the graphics and things, it didn't look like it was taking a bite in the way that I'd want it to. And I was like, nah, walk away, walk away. You do not have time to be playing bloody computer games around the JCB that's, to get. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. And uh, just before we go, I was speaking of, you know, just frittering time away and, and, and wasting time. I felt quite justified in doing it when I was on that long ferry because there was nothing else to do anyway. And I had a bit of, bit of stuff downloaded Netflix on the laptop and uh, something that I got really into was the latest, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Dahmer, about Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that is... Well, I'm looking forward to watching the next uh, next few episodes of it already. Very, very, um, very good. Very, uh, that's getting some, some reviews. I had a quick look at the reviews, but I'm sure some people would have seen it and yeah. uh, it's actually one of the most frightening documentaries I've seen. So that's... Um, Really, all I have just to finish off on a yeah, non on a non truck note. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so if you're if you're parked up listening to this in a cold, dark layby in the middle of absolute nowhere, in the north of Scotland or something, and you've got five G or four G, you know, I right, treat yourself to that Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> documentary <laughs> on Netflix. I, I came back I came back to the house. The, you know, I was late last night, and I was like, uh, you know, turning on the lights in the hall, and I was, as it as I was going up, it was uh, it's, yeah, chilling is probably the word I'd best describe it. Yeah. Good, stuff, all right, good stuff. Cool, right. Thank you very much, and I shall catch up with you again soon. More than welcome, Dougie. Pleasure. Cheers, man. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Sound. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.